0: Thank was you, Steve. The boop. <laughs> so was, I can time it. Yeah,
1: let's just hang out though a little bit longer, just enough to make Getty even later. What do yeah. you mean, dude? We're gonna be recording
2: until like four.
1: Oh my god! Are, are we supposed to be concerned about Getty's <laughs> schedule here? I'm gonna I start. Know, he's he's gotta go. He's so busy.
3: I'm gonna start.
1: Oi. Are you hosting? I'll host. You're not hosting. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'll murder you yeah, before that. Eric, ends. host. Steve, please edit Say this into racist. it. He had a gamer moment. Okay. Oh, gamer moment. No, we're not doing that anymore. Hartwig's already on, and he already started that way. No, (laughs) not again. (laughs) All right, you ready? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Burping in the mic. Smells like sushi. What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 35 of Super GG Radio. Still surprised they haven't canceled us yet. We're friends, chat about video games, and all things adjacent. With you, as always, is an emotionally crippled robot cosplaying as a human, Alex Arona. That's me. That's not what I originally had written. I wasn't paying attention again. <laughs> My co-host... You didn't have
2: anything written before.
1: <laughs> I know. My co-host tonight, our real-life winky face emoji, Joel DeWitt.
0: You can't cancel a podcast.
1: Yeah. Mm, that's true. Didn't complain enough about us and writer director of that one cool pod racing scene in episode one, Eric Getty Gettinger.
3: Episode one of what? What is this?
1: I don't yeah, see, that joke didn't really this hold up somebody changed now, it. This is pod
2: racing. Somebody changed it. <laughs> Who wrote yeah. this? Are podcasts somehow
1: related to pod racing? Uh,
0: they're about uh, as high quality as podcasting.
1: Yeah, okay. and that voice you hear is our special guest this evening. Man, that was bad. <laughs> Super GG Radio producer and a real piece of shit. Closest to actually being Randy Pitchford, Steve Dvorak.
2: I'm really grateful to be joining you guys this evening.
1: He I like how you made it all polite, times. and then uh, you called me a son so of a bitch. So
2: straight-laced. Yeah. Yeah. Real buttoned up. How, how are you guys doing? I hate you, Steve. Just peachy. Thank you.
0: How
3: are Go you? back to medieval times, Steve. Yep. I will. Won't you do some magic. And I'm going to... I, I
2: intend to keep my promise that this will be the shortest episode ever.
1: That's not a lie. That's a, that's a lie, and I'm going to make it longer. This week, we're flipping er- the script. Eric needs to get to bed. Flipping the backlog blog and the early adopters, because it's a Borderlands episode. Woo! Woo! I like that. So let's peel the flesh and salt the wounds, as they say, into the backlog blog. Who says that? Oh, you haven't heard oh yeah okay, we gotta make you play more of that game. So in the backlog blog <laughs> Wait, were you being sarcastic? Games that we've never played because our previous console had some famous defects. <coughs> red ring. Seriously though. Did we all get the red ring at, at some, some point? Yeah. yeah.
0: I never
2: had Xbox
0: yeah. 360, so
2: no. Hmm. Oh, well, good for you. That's you. also
0: why I didn't play good Fallout you, Three. Jill.
1: Dude, Fallout Three was off the chain though. It's okay. Off the chain. This week we played Borderlands One. Uh me and Joel have been playing it over the last couple weeks. Getty and Steve have been playing it most of their lives.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. True. It's a it's a solid game as a shooter. It actually had uh, realistic graphics originally before it went cell shaded. So the early trailers made it seem like a real serious game.
0: Yeah, man, you sent me those videos and it's just it This game is nothing without its aesthetic really. Or at least like it completely kills the vibe they were going for instead of this being kind of like a serious mad Maxian thing now that it's this kind of wild and zany uh wild west kind of world,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel the cell shading's kind of the game's calling card at this point yeah, right I have not seen those videos where it was more photo real. it's a good idea that they didn't do that. Well, you think
0: back to when this first came out. What PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. A lot, yes. a lot of stuff was going for that kind of shades of brown and gray and gloomy kind of looking. So it it would have fit well within that time frame for what things usually looked like. But I think the way it stands out is a asset for it. And like you said, it's probably one of the big reasons why that's such attention.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember it being like a really kind of underappreciated game at the time. It was sort of an afterthought, and I I picked it up when the game of the year version came out, uh, and I was like, man, this this game's kind of awesome. What what have you guys been thinking about it?
1: Uh, I just wanted to to input that there was another game that came out around the similar time called Rage, and it seemed like they were both going in competing trajectories because Rage came out as this super serious shades of gray and brown Mad Maxian. Uh, yeah, I played Rage. Yeah, and then. Borderlands, Because the, the apparently the shift to Cell Shade was kind of last minute and surprised a lot of people. So when it made that shift, it was like trying to go away from Rage. And then when Rage 2 just recently came out, ne- like right before Borderlands 3, it came out with like the cell shaded hot pink <laughs> Mad Maxian different like change of pace trying to match Borderlands. Interesting. Who put out Rage? That was Bethesda, Wh- isn't which it? Which developer? Bethesda.
2: Was- yeah, that's right.
1: Joel, you're the newest incomer to this series. That's kind of why we played it was just so we could discuss it in this fashion. Tell me, the first-person shooter, mission ba- schluter, quest-based, mission-based story, kind of in the background game. What did you think of it?
0: Uh, so I'll, I'll preface this with we are playing Borderlands 1 Remaster. So it's actually the one that has a bit updated graphics, supposed to be like a little bit uh, more current gen looking with the models and stuff. And I, my first impression the first time we played with it was kind of uh, down, to be honest. Like it, it wasn't a bad playing game and it was enjoyable enough. But I think this game doesn't really shine until you're getting uh, a multiple people in a party and really amping up the kind of hijinks that you can engage in right so t- we, we did a couple instances when we were just the two of us first time around and it was fine but it felt very much like that MMO feel where you're just sort of checking off the boxes of going to this zone kill x things go back to the quest giver and get your reward get new quests and proceed and that's that's still the structure that we've seen so far but I don't think the hilarity and the real fun started till we started getting three people and looping at heartwig
1: the the way the powers work, it's best to play them off of each other. So having somebody put up a turret, one guy's bird is flying out, someone is teleporting all over the place, grenades are going off and everyone's shooting at different enemies, it just all makes it a little crazy and, and fun and wacky. And when you guys get learned to figure out the cars, mm-hmm. you guys were out of control.
0: <laughs> so uh one I chose the character that had the basically going Hulk and punching everybody and <laughs> just the the, the flailing choice. and swinging around and getting right up in people's faces is amazing and fun and hilarious. And just like the way he like grunts and yells and screams, like he's just having a, a roid rage attack during the whole time is perfect and uh, really works with the humor. But when it came to the cars, they don't feel realistic, but they do feel funny and and they bounce off of stuff in a really delightful way that allows a lot of hijinks and and stupidity or the way you can just shoot the cannons endlessly and obscure people's view. Like, I was trying to go over a a cliff with the car, and Hartwood, being the troll that he is, just kept on shooting right in front of us so I couldn't (laughs) see where we were going. And and so it was just like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing that? Stop that. We're going to fall off and just careening over blindly. And it's just, this is... It has mission structure, but I kind of see the merit in being sort of like, yeah, you go through the motions of the missions and trying to collect loot to do better and harder missions to level up to get your more skills and perks. But like the true fun I've had so far is kind of the making your own fun in playing together and like doing stupid shit and just being absurd in how you approach stuff and seeing how you can kind
2: of break stuff or not. I definitely did a lot of couch co-op on this game. Mm hmm.
1: I can attest. Did you did you and Getty beat this game? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. Yep. See that was that was always my problem. I got Beth into it, but it just Beth doesn't play a whole lot of longer games. All of our games are kind of short form, within a couple hours, like one sitting. Coming back to it is kind of usually have a big gap. So we only got like halfway through, and she was a good sniper. It just after a while, it's just kind of like okay, she's kind of over this one. So Beth was so
0: good at first person shooters. She
1: can uh, sniping. She is. Okay. So she, when it's really fast-paced, twitchy, she starts to have a little bit more issue.
0: That's interesting, because I, I actually found that Kelly and I tried to do the Portal 2 co-op at one point. And uh, like she, she had trouble working with the 3D movement, as well as understanding the idea that the left stick is going to be how you physically move your body, and then the right stick acts as the camera. So we had lots of points where it was like trying to move and do fluid motion stuff, and then just like being fumbled up, and it, it's something that made me think about like if you hadn't learned it when damien switched from 2d to 3d and had time to get acquainted to it how hard it might be for somebody who's an adult to get acquainted to that
2: yeah no that is true some people find those like the console first person controls confusing disorienting Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. with her it definitely is that's why sniping is kind of like a focus on one thing at a time that makes sense Uh, and, uh, you guys, do you guys have a fond memory of Borderlands from your time? Now that you're up to two and three in the pre-sequel, do you guys still, you guys still look fondly on Borderlands?
3: I do. You go. I don't know if Steve does, but I have very fond memories of, I played as Mordecai, so I was the sniper. So I'd use my hawk summon attack and then just pick (laughs) people off while Steve was brick. He was the, the same guy that goes up and he hulks out and he was like screaming, sitting next to me on the couch, like, ah, <laughs> like, Eric, Eric, look, I'm punching this guy into the ground. And I'm just like picking people off yeah. on the horizon. And he's like, yeah,
0: you like punch a skag in the mouth and it blows yeah. up. I-, I gotta say one of the most dis- disheartening things when we were playing together is that we encountered an instance where we were severely under leveled for it. And you want to pop that alt and just go straight into the action. And I did that, but like the main enemy there just downed me in like two shots. <laughs> <laughs> Just it was it was kind of oh, like yeah. that part in the Avengers where the Hulk approaches uh, Thanos and this Thanos beats him into a pulp. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It's really demoralizing. Um,
2: so I guess my quick take on this would be Joel. I sort of had the opposite approach, or yeah, approach to the game that you, in the sense that uh, you started playing one when three is coming out. There's a ton of hype around this series. I remember sort of getting in on this game when there's no hype. It was super underrated. Super, super underrated. Where, like, uh, I remember seeing commercials for it on TV, but, like, I didn't hear anyone talking about Borderlands. So, at the time, there really weren't a lot of shooter RPGs. You know, Fallout was the one that I was playing at the time, so I thought it was going to be a straightforward shooter, And, of course, it has the Mad Maxian kind of environment, which is also like Fallout, you know, which was just kind of the huge game at the time, as I remember it. I played that game like crazy. So, I I figured it was going to be, you know, something to that effect. And it definitely has the vibe of, like, a double-A developer's game. You know, it's a little rough around the edges. There's the angel... Where That's like narrating your actions mm. and claptrap where you're like, man, they put in this like really goofy stuff that's kind of cheesy and seems just kind of like uh, low budget. But when I realized that the game was actually an RPG, I was like, oh, that's... I- I'm, I'm really kind of surprised by that. And then, you know, after you realize it's an RPG, you start venturing into the town and noticing... You know, I've said this about the series before, but they did a really good job of picking up small elements of every popular game at the time that I remember. So I was like, oh, there's vending machines. This is just like in uh, Bioshock. Sure. <laughs> and like, oh, the skill trees uh, are basically like Diablo two or World of Warcraft mm-hmm. style. And then I realized like, oh, the guns have tiers and they just basically ripped the color system straight off of Blizzard, where it's like, okay, white is the worst, then you get greens and blues and purples and then, like, orange. And it just had that weird mix, mishmash of these elements of everything that was, like, definitive about other popular games. And it became sort of like a pastiche game in my mind, where the low-budget kind of vibe of it, along with all these Bits and pieces of some of my favorite games, like m- Vortex, together into this thing that was really enjoyable, interesting, and like it just—I was just always curious what they were going to come up with next. Even the cheesy jokes that were either self-referential or really—I yeah, I think in the first one are more like other video game references. There's Gauntlet, which um, I feel like Borderlands one. Borrows from Gauntlet as well because you just have like portals where enemies come out. I don't know if you it really sort of (laughs) occurred to you guys that way. That's what I thought of is like there's just portals where enemies come out and you just kill them. Uh, You don't go in any buildings really. You don't open doors. So that's what was really different. From like Fallout, where you know, all the games at the time were making immersive environments where you explored and you interacted with people, and this was just so basic mouths didn't move, you mostly were listening to stuff through the echo recorder, and your narrator was claptrap. Where like it was just when he gets shot in that first scene and he's laying there, like, oh, and the angel tells you to fix him. I was like, man, this is like, I don't know if they're trying to be funny or not.
3: But I loved that. Oh, it was funny. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Uh, They do a lot to kind of try to milk the humor. And that's kind of where some people say, like, that's where it starts to go down is when they start to over achieve later in the games is trying to overfill the silence with jokes. But I thought the first one definitely had some good, solid humor to be made in that writing.
0: So I think so far in the first one, I haven't noticed too much deliberate attempts to, like, land a punchline. It's been less that kind of humor and more like tone. So the, well, the, char- the characters will be very kind of uh, off kilter and a little bit deranged in a way where their dialogue seems kind of manic or bizarre. And that's that's kind of the humor I've seen so far
3: in it. The, the boss cards and whenever you get introduced to somebody, mm-hmm. those are that's, the, the punchlines that you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. what was
2: it? I mean one of my favorite characters is Dr. Zed Dr.
3: not a well, real doctor I,
2: and that, that wasn't a critique though
3: like, I'm, I'm not saying that as like a, a bash against it that there weren't punchlines I'm just oh, saying no. like it's... Those, those for me were the most memorable of the punchlines what's yeah. the first boss that you fight like six toes, nine toes, nine nine toes? toes. he also has three balls <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah like really fifth grade yeah. kind of humor like really stupid like <laughs> yeah here's a bad guy
3: here's something stupid
2: Right, like here's a penis or a ball joke. Right, but even that's just
0: like a little flavor text, color commentary. That's just this one-off little piece of humor. It's not some character kind of like spouting off some line, right? Hmm. All
2: right. Yeah, I agree with you, Joel. I mean, like the jokes aren't set up. They aren't not landing a punchline. I think that was part of what I appreciated was how much. I mean, it like weird, weirdly subtle. Some of the jokes were, and I, there were just a lot of jokey references to other games that people who have played games, like people in our age group specifically, would appreciate. Because right. they go back to some really old stuff, like there's the mission uh, where you're like picking up food for Crazy Earl, and the title of the mission is Crazy Earl Needs Food. <laughs> badly and I was like it's totally like an acknowledgement that like part of this game is a ripoff of Gauntlet you know right. what I mean
0: yeah and it's nice to see that the writers had some kind of reverence for source material that old
2: <laughs> yeah exactly I was gonna say that so I feel like it's a gamers game yeah yeah, yeah I'd agree with that
1: I was gonna say that the writing in this the, they after this one any Borderlands forward is uh, mostly written by the people who did hey Ash what you the YouTube show So they kind of got hired after this one. And then that's where a lot of people said, like, they'd end up being too much humor. Just, like, all over in your face. Well, and then
2: uh, one of the things that this game did well, which, Eric, I don't remember how much of it you played, and Joel and Alex, I don't think you've got there yet, but the DLC ended up being really full of content. It was very full. And I think at that point they had figured out that they had this like little bit of a gem in their humor, where it's like, "Oh, our game is kind of shitty and low budget. Let's make that part of the humor." So you get the like uh, the Island of Doctor Ned, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Hey, it's me, Doctor Ned. I'm totally not just uh, Doctor Zed. Zed with a mustache <laughs> on." So there's like a mustache over his surgical mm-hmm. mask, <laughs> just sort of like a reference to how games just like will reskin. A character and make it like it's a you know I'm doing air quotes is a different character and they totally made that like the central joke. He makes a bunch of jokes to that effect throughout. But that DLC was super fun. And then actually the enemies that you fight aren't reskinned. Yeah. There's they actually made new enemies for you to fight. So they did a really good job. I think on all the DLC, I played this game a lot, yeah, but yeah. That,
0: that's good humor though, like because that that's not just a video game trope, but the idea of like making one minor change and swapping out characters is also a movie trope too, so it's like a widespread appeal thing, although it, it's still a very
2: pointed joke right it, it has the advantage of being like widespread but also kind of yeah. niche.
1: Now, just real, one quick point before we move on. The one thing about Borderlands, though, and you kind of saw, Joel, that the story, because you're doing this loot grind of upgrading constant guns, getting a new gun, looking the stats, are they better? Does this one set people on fire? You're just swapping out guns. Then you go to the next mission, and it's so kind of side, like, very fetch questy mm-hmm. that the story kind of goes and continues on a path that seems inconsequential. And you even said, like, there's a story to this? <laughs> yeah. And that's the one thing I will note is that I've played F1-2 and Prequel, And the only story that's ever mattered is the one we're about to talk about now.
3: (laughs) I don't know if I completely, completely agree with that. Because, yeah, hashtag disagree. You guys like the the story? Well, as the series goes on, there's more story to be told. It it kind of builds on itself. So in the first one, you get introduced to this band of ragtag heroes. And then in the second game, they make an appearance. And even in this, uh, what we're about to talk about, the, was it Tales from the Borderlands? Mm-hmm. Yep, You get characters that are revisited and coming back, as well as some new characters. Why don't you guys tell us about it? Tales from the
1: Borderlands is one of the Telltale game, adventure games. Yep. We, wa- we played... That was a watch. That's kind of true. <laughs> episode one yeah. of the Telltale version of Borderlands that had a story of two unreliable narrators as they both tell very similar stories that they differ very widely, which is kind of the, the funny part about it, where like one guy would say, it won't, the funnier part was there was this business deal where this guy is trying to buy a vault key, opens a giant vault supposedly full of treasure. And then at the end, the guy the, the deal goes bad. And then he says, so I, you could choose an option of talk to his brain or steal his heart. And I chose stole his heart. And I just ripped, it, put my fist through his chest and pulled out his heart. Oh. And then and, then, mm. and, and it, freeze frames on the guy's hand like you're holding the heart and they go that's not what happened and he goes well you know it
0: could have happened but that, that's <laughs> that's so funny because i chose the other one talk to his brain and, and it prompts him to make a stirring speech and appeal to emotion to the guy you're trying to sell this vault key to or buy this vault key from and, and <laughs> it ends up in the same like that's not what happened but it's it's so funny that it's that divergent of like how the events unfolded
3: you know
1: yeah you see really what happened was he was just crying on his knees
3: Oh yeah, and it gets dumber, but (laughs) I wanted to mention that at the beginning of Tales, uh, as with all of the Borderlands game, you get this nice opening from Marcus, and he kind of like sets the stage for you to begin the adventure.
1: Marcus is the bus driver, Joel.
3: In the first one. Later he becomes just a gun seller.
1: Oh, okay.
2: But he always does the intro to each game. He always is like the narrator. He's got a good voice for it, that's for Mm -hmm. sure.
1: And uh, of all the times that I've played the Borderlands, game, the Borderlands games, I, this one made me care about the world more than I ever have. They had a museum <laughs> of, like, oddities. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I, yeah. I, I was super confused because Pandora, the planet they're on, does not seem like the place that would have a museum.
3: Nope.
1: It doesn't really
0: seem like a place that would be populated much at all, frankly. Like, you would expect the whole environment to just be completely nomadic. And not have any real structures or towns
3: set up.
1: In, in one, if we play a little bit further, we'll get to a town. Okay, a and town. <laughs> yeah.
3: The first town but, really doesn't count. It's just Zed there. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah the, but this, they, what I'm saying they is. Actually
2: is they actually do explain where all the people come from, too. Uh-huh.
1: I just mean that I actually cared about what was going on in those towns. I was like, I wanted to know what was around the corner <laughs> when I was playing Tales of the Borderlands.
0: Well, I mean, that that's just a difference between the focus of each game, right? Because, I mean, Telltale games have always been these kind of narrative-focused, interactive storytelling things. Story-driven. With, right. And, and, and about being mostly about how you communicate with the other players in the game and then having those choices at least give the impression of those dialogue choices mattering. And so... I will say I'm very pleased that this one actually has been very good and lives up to my expectations for a telltale game of having well-written dialogue, interesting back and forth. It is a lot more managed than the ones I played before, which totally made sense in the context of what we're talking about, and it works really well. And that whole start where it does the kind of competing stories was such a delightfully funny way for them to start the chapter. Like it, it, it really twisted what I expected out of a Telltale game, and so I'm, I'm really impressed by that too.
3: Yeah, it goes back and forth like that through the course of all of the episodes. That's why I already started downloading episode two. So you played through the entire thing, Getty. I have played through it before. I played the first episode again today just to reacquaint myself with it so that I could see if anything changed from the first time. Uh, And there was actually, being a huge fan of all of the games, noticed some of the stuff that was from the previous games and even Mm -hmm. stuff that they incorporated into the games now. Because Reese, who's one of the main characters in this, he does make an appearance in Borderlands 3. Oh, he does? Yeah. And... That weird guy Shade that you run into in the yeah, Hall Shade. of Oddities or whatever it is—he's uh-huh. he's from Borderlands Two, but one of the DLC packages that you had to pay extra for.
1: Oh, okay, and, yeah. And he, that ninja—that ninja is a playable character in Borderlands Two. Yep, and Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> it, wait, what?
3: <laughs> I must have missed um, that one.
1: <laughs> also, that loader bot has appeared. Those loader bots have appeared throughout the series. Uh, and
2: also the loader bots yeah. have a big role in the second yeah. one.
3: But did you guys okay, so at, at one point you get to choose the loadout for your loader bot as he comes down to the planet. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else laugh out loud when he like lands on a guy and then he springs up and he goes, "Hi." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a lot
1: of a lot of the me. things he said and did were like like he just was like no go ahead it's cool I got this yeah <laughs> or uh, no oh one of them was uh it actually said Loaderbot will store that in his memory banks
0: oh oh yeah it's when you make the choice at at the end of it of whether or not you uh, tell him to run or uh, have him self destruct oh. yeah you guys and, both had him blow up didn't you yes yeah. You no, I saved I'll, him this time. I'll name my firstborn
3: Loaderbot. <laughs> he says that either way, but it's it's still really, really a good line.
1: Uh-huh. Uh Speaking of comedy, I sent a note. My other uh, favorite bit was the one inept guard when they got out, and they, it was the guy who got him their car.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing here? Well, that seems awfully like forceful that you would <laughs> ask me a question when I asked you one first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's fine, but... <laughs> it's like he just really, like, yeah. like everyone is just, like, these mon- monosyllabic, like, cavemen, like, ah, oh, murder, kill. And he's just like,
3: oh, you guys should relax a little bit. You don't got to be so intense. It was a nah, good guard. There's there's a lot of good one-liners. Some of the stuff that I wrote down from earlier was uh, friends help friends steal stuff. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Guns are a crutch coming from <laughs> yep. a Borderlands game. And, yeah, you you do get that uh, one-shot Derringer you get to pick who you want to shoot with it who did you shoot uh Felix
1: I uh, I shot the guy in the beginning
3: oh yeah yeah it, it worked to it hit him well yeah she's so the other character is Fiona she's not a bad shot um mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to briefly mention was the like the boss card for bossa Nova yeah did you guys notice he looked a lot like shredder from teenage mutant ninja Turtles yeah kind of I,
1: yeah.
0: I was focusing a little more on the uh, subwoofer in his gut, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Th-
1: I like
3: that part. I actually <laughs> paused the game at that part to hear the song that was playing, because mm-hmm. it was just so ridiculous that he just shows up, and it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so loud. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then, so
1: jo- Joel, you texted me Patrick Warburton. I forgot that. I'd never know his name.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I I finally started remembering after we watched Emperor's New Groove uh, the first <laughs> time. And just, uh, I, I liked him as an actor. and and he always has he has such a distinct voice and i i just it delights me every time i hear him talk because he has this deflection that just kind of makes me chuckle whenever he says something
2: even if if he's not trying to be funny i don't know but people from the star trek next gen cast make solid video game voice actors
3: was he in next gen well was he he was Worf. no no
1: no,
2: am I thinking of the you're wrong? Drunk. Am I thinking Steve, the wrong? Yeah, I'm Patrick
1: home. Patrick Warburton? Warburton was the putty from Seinfeld. Yeah, oh, he played the, t- he was the Tick, the Tick. Mm-hmm. Brock Sampson. Oh Adventure yeah, Brothers, you're yeah. right. Who am I thinking? I'm going to Google that <laughs> <other> guy
0: now. <laughs> yeah,
3: Steve, you might need to take a nap after that one.
0: No, but that was the de- yeah, that was a true. delightful surprise. Just because I wasn't expecting any quasi-bid name voice acting here, and it just it kind of threw me for a loop that he showed up.
1: Oh, no, the
3: Actually, voice acting is great in this game, too. Oh, it I was it actually is. I just wasn't expecting is... any distinct names, you know?
1: I was told that this is their first or second best Delltel game. Hmm. Okay. I believe Next, that. I think the other one's like Wolf Among Us, everyone says, is that, like, that's the other
3: best one. Alex, you still haven't played it? I that's... have it. I, ha- I got... <sighs> I got it. The, 17 years ago on. Dude, my Steam my sale. plate is full right now, man. It's it's plate really real good. Full. Your plate is full. Yeah. I just got told to play two games this next week.
2: <laughs>
3: yep. Yeah. And I'll, I have game how homework. Could
2: you dare suggest that? I'm
3: getting this out of here.
1: <laughs> that was only the start of the Borderlands goodness. Let's keep it rolling after the break. By the way, Worf is played by Michael Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve.
2: It's okay, so Frank. different. He also has done game VO. It's very different. I don't know. <laughs> I'm breaking now.
1: And we're back. Back with some news. Not all the news. Just the news we have lukewarm takes on. Told you i was sticking with that one. Uh, we, we'll, we'll, let's we'll think about it. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: I mean, that that line itself is lukewarm. Yeah, exactly. It's like a deep layer of irony. <laughs> so it all works. It works on several layers. It's a layered joke. It would be like a stand up comedian going up to the mic and just saying, bad joke. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: coughs> I would let my at work.
2: That.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> First piece of news Google Stadia launches November 16th which means that I have one week to beat Death Stranding before I have to play Stadia. you would to be a beta Guys, tester for this? You should just get this? Google Glasses. No, Steve, Google Stadia is where they are going to have a whole bunch of servers that will run the video game for you, and then you just stream it to, say, your TV or your computer monitor or oh. to your phone.
2: Oh, I know, what, I know what Stadia is. What I'm suggesting is that you three get Google Glasses so that you're never not playing video games. That could work. Ugh. Just the rest of your lives, you play video games literally every moment Steve, of your life. Also while you're please asleep. Please, no.
0: I, I'm a little too connected as it is.
2: <laughs> I, uh, that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, well, that's, that's the dark future we're heading towards, I'm sure. Getting that Switch? Man. Just just tape two of them to surprise, your eyes. Huh? Jack in so you can yeah. jack off. <laughs> Basically. You're mm. <I'm> talking about <laughs> me keeping
1: my jokes. I'm moving on to the next one. That was fine.
2: Do it. Uh, oh, so, uh, news. Google Stadia is coming out yep. soon. It's probably going to be dope. Yeah, it has uh, no I don't life. know about that. You guys are all going to play Destiny on the I'm excited time. to try the beta test. Next. How about
0: you, Joel? Are you still all in? I, I, I'm i in. I uh, With eyes open, I'm expecting it to be a mess, but I'm curious about what it can do with my internet.
2: <laughs> How long before be they cap you? video games at the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. How long before they cap you, though, Joel? How long? 20 uh, 20 minutes. I, I might
0: be able to do a good, uh, they said, they said on 4k, you could do a one terabyte of data in like a 22 hours. So I expect it won't
1: take me too long to hit my data cap. I'm yeah. telling you right now though, if you don't have internet to record this podcast, you still ain't, you not getting paid for it. You don't get sick days. <laughs> Great. Okay. Just anything range. about pay. <laughs> uh, next piece of news blizzard cancels overwatch release event for the nintendo switch
3: hmm i wonder why yeah me too no good (laughs) i was happy Uh, to see that they rescinded some of the the damage that they did to that poor kid after last week did they They gave him some of his winnings back they They gave gave the most they they reduced his ban as well they did the most limp-wristed
0: pr-filled response about how Basically, uh, this harsh reprimand was somehow in their values in respecting speech and valued everybody.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But if I go to the barons, everybody's pushing their white supremacy rhetoric. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect sense. (laughs) That's exactly
2: what I. That's what I thought of during this. Is just like when I played WoW, it was less of a video game and more of a platform for anti-Semitism. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> and like this, w- this one kid says "Free Hong Kong," which is like, dude, fair enough. That you know, whatever your opinion is, like, fair enough. Like, you want Hong Kong to be free? Is like ultra ban, take all of his money. We hate, yeah, and they you. fired those news, like, those like, sportscasters. Our This isn't our values.
0: I I just I I guess it's the difference between like them letting you play a game and letting you spout off whatever in game versus them hosting a tournament or performance that is broadcast.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's not the yeah. same. I, 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 I'm and, like we all, I'm not, it's, I'm not trying yeah.
0: to excuse and I'm just trying to think through like the logic of like why they treat one differently other than the, the other. And the, the other thing,
2: dude, we, the other thing
0: is too, that we all get the yeah, logic. We, yeah. just like e- even through like the business speak mindset that my brain has been like funneled through and, and spat out in. It just—it's tough to rationalize, other than the obvious.
2: It's like as a, a a video game developer, you know, if there's a country where there's a ton of people who pay for your products, it—it's it, actually really kind of a interesting scenario to think about because they're a business, so it's like, well, we want to just like defend whatever's gonna keep the money coming our way, so, you know, and. So a- it, they're in like a weird in
0: between. So, place. a business's objective is to grow the business and increase shareholder value, and and that's that's their pure objective. And why
3: why are we on business talk? Because I'm
0: a, I'm a business fool, it's and a, this it, is relevant to business. business. I took
3: today off, so I didn't have to talk about business. <laughs> Date your tie back, Aaron. on and pants. I will not put either yeah. of those things back on.
2: <laughs> in the next news bit, I'm going to talk about shit. No, we did that that's last sweet. week.
3: <laughs> It's, uh, it's going to happen no. again. I heard
2: that episode.
0: Welcome
3: to Alex's cool. box packing radio. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, we had our blizzard thing. Thank you.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, AceCon wrap up. Uh, me and Getty went to AceCon. Woo, woo Had a good time. Interviewed yep. some people.
2: I just. Would you say that it's
1: Ace? It was okay. It was pretty good.
2: Yeah, it wasn't bad.
0: That sounds more deuces to me.
1: Uh, I just. Woo. I just had some good input here. Uh, Norman Reedus. I watched his panel. He called Hideo Kojima an, a genius no less than four times. Mm. So that tracks. And I am no closer to understanding what that game is. Nobody is. Mm.
0: Don't worry. But how about much it. more hype are you now?
1: I'm actually pretty hyped. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty hyped. He was, he was actually kind of complaining, or he was just like, I do Walking Dead like six days a week. And then those other two days, I literally fly from Georgia to LA to put on a giant Velcro suit with ping pong balls on my face so me and Mads Mickelson can like act out and do weird stuff i am so tired
3: it's right he went on record of working eight days a week that man yeah. looks tired too he
1: does yeah. but he kept saying he's like no man this guy's doing how... stuff no one's ever done before it's gonna be crazy like, okay okay
2: it's weird how like popular norman Reedus is now because the first time i saw him was in boondock saints yeah
1: yeah it was good he talked about that too he said he had a good time doing that movie
2: he's like a like a legit public figure now.
1: Yeah, he's got a whole show about riding motorcycles around, too. I guess a whole second show. That's what he Looks does. It's very
2: Norman Reed to see of him. Yeah.
1: All right. And then uh, me and Getty saw the PlayStation booth at AceCon.
3: Yep. Got to spend some time in their trailer. Played a tiny little bit of uh, Days Gone. Yeah. How was How that? Bad? Look? It was not bad. Yeah. Actually, kind I, of enjoyed it. I think I played like, a little bit of that Iron Man thing, but not very long. Oh, the
0: VR experience.
1: Yeah.
3: We also got uh, some sweet discount codes for some PlayStation Network games. Uh, I got I to gotta text you yours, Joel. I got yeah, that'd be nice with a swag bag in the face. So I got <laughs> nice. a t-shirt, sunglasses, and like a, I don't even know what else is in that bag, but it hurt like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy got swag bagged. Yeah. Yep. Nice. uh, And then
1: to close out the news, uh, just to finish up for this theme of the week, Gearbox Randy Pitchford and former lawyer have reached a settlement regarding their lawsuit that had some good mudslinging, including the child porn USB stick at Medieval Times. Also, that lawyer wanted some... The
2: headline I read said that Randy Pitchford was exonerated.
1: Uh, I think they settled out of court. I don't know if exoneration comes with that.
3: Well, yeah that that could do it well
2: i mean if he was embezzling and or there was evidence of him trafficking child pornography that would be a criminal trial yeah you you can't settle out yeah of court. but this is a
0: civil suit so there there was no criminal implications right so it's like if they settle out of court it technically means there was no verdict rendered which means that there was no judgment made but it allows him to claim exoneration True. so everybody yeah.
1: wins that lawyer wanted some sick ass abs, and that lady was doing some magic,
3: for sure. That's what I heard.
2: I I took the opportunity of this to episode to watch the video. Yeah, reflect. I was just about that. <laughs>
3: <so>. <laughs>
2: to reflect on all of the news about Borderlands Three up to its release, because it was just kind of seemed like a PR shit show. <laughs> I mean, every week I was just like, "How is their PR this bad?" Because people were really hyped. On the release, and then it was just like the bad PR started to roll out. Uh, that's how it felt. Uh, I mean, it like, where did it begin? It began with this like thumb drive magic trick thing, which was just, it's just like, uh, ugh, uh, And then, you know, there was
1: Randy's. Uh, Actually, it started because weird. of the lawyer, and I think that's how all of that information right. came about.
2: That came about, and it was, like, right around the release announcement, in my memory, at least. And there's been so much stuff that came out. So, you know, the Troy uh, Baker, right, that's his name, thing about, like, how they didn't rehire him. And he sort of, like, flamed Gearbox. There was the guy that voiced Claptrap and his claims of being assaulted by Randy and not coming back uh, because I just like, uh,
1: the, re- the reason why he didn't come back, and the same reason was with Troy Baker. Claptrap worked there as, I think, like a developer. And yeah. then he started doing the voiceover work for free because he just liked the idea of being in the game. When they came out for Borderlands 3, he said, I kind of think that maybe you should pay me for my development work and also as a voice actor. And uh, they told him no.
2: You know what? I-, I feel like I hear that story circulated and why I bring it up. Because, like, you go back and, like, I think that Gearbox did offer him money to do the voice acting, and he just turned it down. Maybe it... Kind of like Troy Baker, like... Well, there, are The thing that I learned is, like, video game news is still internet news, so there's a lot of, like, he said, she said yes. stuff here. Yeah. And after reading the Troy Baker one, it was like, you know, because people on the internet were like, oh, they didn't hire him because he's union... And so it sort of forced Gearbox to make a statement, which is like, we can't discriminate against people based on that. And we offered this guy above scale, and he said no. Which I feel like, to some extent, towards the tail end, that maybe people were just sort of capitalizing on the bad PR in a way. There's really no way to know. Like, if you read the actual articles, they're just kind of flimsy. There's just all conjecture
1: well and it's it's
0: also worth noting right now especially with the video game news industry there is a big push for unionization and uh, workers rights happening within the video game industry so that helps fuel the fervor a little bit when somebody brings up the possibility of employers not choosing to work with union workers or trying to stifle unions from starting It seems to try to deign the ire of people and cloud judgment a little bit.
2: This is a minor spoiler about the new game, but after playing it, this news made a little bit more sense. So, like, Ice-T is a voice actor, and so are Penn and Teller, and their likenesses are Mm -hmm. used. So, it kind of makes sense that, like, Gearbox probably spent a lot of money on that. And so a guy like Troy Baker, I know everybody loves him because of Last of Us, but, like, he's not iced tea, so <laughs> he's not going to get that iced tea money. Yeah, I agree like, with th- that, but they, the other part is that... They totally could have offered him of, above scale, and he just said no, and they just weren't going to offer him more because they had other talent that they were spending the money on.
1: Well, that the other part, though, I was going to say is that Troy Baker is, like, in in the voice acting world that he is like the top close top to tier. number one. Yeah. Top tier. He, yeah, but I mean in the voice acting yeah. world.
2: He is not Ice you're like Ice T is a legendary rapper and a legendary Law and Order S V U actor. And uh <laughs> Destiny player.
1: Let's see. And Destiny Let's see, Player. He was in uh he was in animes like Bleach, Full Metal Alchemist, Naruto. Alex, was, you don't
3: have to break it down for us. He's Uncharted, Infamous, tier.
1: Bioshock Infinite, Joker and Batman Origins, Last of Us.
0: Well, I mean, Batman Tower Ruins. Yeah, but before, I mean,
1: but he was a Ice-T dude. <laughs> ice I tea think, He should go back to SVU. But,
3: uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well,
2: We're going to talk about it. I but. mean, they've only had 8,000 episodes. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I guess my point being is, like, Gearbox didn't help themselves that much. One with, like, Randy's Twitter rant with that, like, Game Informer guy where he was like, Mark, you really fucked me on this one, and just, like, kept going, and no one stopped him, and I was just thinking, like, who works in PR at Gearbox? Like, somebody should have ripped the phone out of his hand and, like, stopped. You're already being accused of some, like, really bad stuff. Steve,
1: it's Twitter.
3: People act like jackasses on Twitter. I know. It was, like, four hours, hours though.
1: It was was being documented live for everybody. Well, and then
2: there was the, like, sales release scandal, which is, I mean, kind of legit. This is where the shipping comes in, because (laughs) they claim that they sold the number of units that they shipped. And so they had to clarify... You know, for those of you who aren't familiar with retail, you can go buy units shipped, or you can buy units sold. And units shipped is just how many they sent to retail locations. So they kind of fibbed on that, which is weird. And then there was the thing about them not letting people review the game, and also the people who did get to review it didn't get a copy of the game. It was some weird, like, pre-platform release. like, they're on Epic, right? So
0: the idea was that the reviewers were giving and a separate account to play from that was maintained by Gearbox rather than being given a copy for themselves to play wherever.
2: Right. Which may be, I mean, I feel like they're heavily patching the game, but there was just so much weird, opaque stuff that they did that they didn't have to be so opaque about that I think just really did not help them in the public yep. eye. Agreed. That being said, despite allegations of, like, financial misconduct and sexual misconduct and physically abusing the employees and financially abusing the employees it just goes uh, to show wait. no one you really cares punching because like, punching kittens because like the whole epic store thing like no one ended up caring like lots of people are still playing it kind of reminds
0: me of uh, there's always every time there's some sort of boycott going on People always link the whole boycotts to Modern Warfare 2 when they announced they weren't doing dedicated servers for their multiplayer. <laughs> and every time they show the left side is like millions of people signing this pledge not to buy the game, and then the people with the same usernames at launch showing currently playing Modern yep. Warfare 2, and it's like, yep. yeah, it's, yeah, it's all talked at some point.
1: On to the next break. Quite the conversation. Yes. Yeah, And we're back. Back with early adopters. It's weird to say that because they reversed. Uh, early adopters where we play alphas, betas, and impulse purchases despite the bad PR press si- the press cycle. Yep, you wrecked know. it already. Alphas, betas, and impulse purchases despite the bad press and PR cycles. God, that was yep. also good. I got it. But early adopters where we
2: talk about alphas, betas, and impulse purchases despite a bad PR Guys, cycle. Guys,
0: I'm keeping
3: this all in. Move on. cut that one just have alphas betas and we're talking about borderlands 3 this week talking about borderlands 3 (laughs) you guys have been playing borderlands a bunch i i've been trying to play borderlands a bunch getty take it away give us your give us your hot take on this game oh my god where do i start uh i guess i can start at the beginning so i'm gonna try and keep it as spoiler free as possible i feel like steve is gonna go just like
2: i'm gonna spoil the
3: shit out. okay well so much for that so if anybody cares about the <laughs> plot of the game now's the time to t- get injures <laughs> a siren off, turn off the podcast joel cover your ears earmuffs <laughs> no. joel's earmuffs and don't listen for the next two weeks
2: <laughs> joel is the replacement voice actor for cloud oh, earmuffs
3: that would okay. be one
2: hell
0: of a all right he's I'm a gonna, scab i'm gonna unplug my he's earphones a scab. and then, alex you just im <laughs> me when the
3: conversation's over <laughs> Okay, continue, guys. All right, that was that Go was her. absolutely terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it as spoiler-free f- spoiler as possible. But uh, I have to say, at the beginning of the game, in uh, Borderlands 1 and 2, they had very catchy songs that I really enjoyed a lot. This one, not so much, given that the selection of the characters, they were much different from what we've seen in the last couple of games. Uh, I personally went with Zane so that I could use my drone- to shoot things and drop okay. grenades on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, which which character did you pick off the bat? I chose Moe's the gunner. I
2: have the problem with uh, certain games of like picking the class or style that really doesn't suit how I play. So I did right this time, and I picked the person that summons a, a big mech, and you just have lots of health and blow lots of stuff up. It's just splashy damage and robot stuff. <laughs> Is and that the homeless dude?
1: There's... No, is that no. the homeless dude?
3: No, that's Flack.
1: Okay,
3: uh, he looks so, homeless, yeah. right? Yeah, he. Yeah, I thought the story was he was homeless. Mm. I think That's, he's, that's bigoted of yeah. you, Alex. <laughs> he definitely summons uh, different monsters to come and fight for you, but no. That's cool. Yeah, so I guess, uh, actually, the character that I picked has three very diverse trees that you can do. So, with Zane, you can either summon a drone, uh, I can summon a shield, if I so choose, or if I want, I can digiclone myself, which is similar to the Handsome Jack uh, from the pre-sequel, which is kind of cool. I haven't used it too much, but... So, of course, in this game, you start off once again on Pandora, dropped into the crazy world that exists, trying to figure out what's going on, and you make your way towards the first plot point.
2: So I want to point out that the classes in this one, they do a good job of making them kind of distinct. You guys know from the first one, and that mechanic carries through to the second one where each class has, like, one action skill. In this one, uh, Eric's character, for instance, has three different ones, and you have to pick.
3: Yeah, I can opt out of using grenades to equip two action skills. It's really convenient.
2: And so for Moe's, you have different weapon loadouts for your mech. You don't have to buy each... You basically have one action skill, but you can equip whatever weapon loadout you want. You just get a more advanced loadout depending on which tree you invest more points into. I thought that was
3: interesting. All right. Yeah. Now, how is the story? You guys start on the bus, and is it a bus? You you start on the bus, kinda. Yeah. You
1: get the bus is there at some point, point. Okay. and you are introduced to this world. You are on Pandora.
3: Yep. You do start you on start Pandora. You start on Pandora. And, uh, you know, in the last couple of games, it's been all about the evil organizations like the gun manufacturers that are coming after mm-hmm. you. In the first one, it's Atlas. In the second one, it's Hyperion. In this one, there is no evil gun manufacturer coming after you. It's actually a cult of crazy psychopaths uh, led by these two twins. One of them is are streamers?
2: They're basically Twitch streamers. Twitch streamers.
3: Yeah, they're also twitched. It's crazy, because they're always, like, bombarding you with social media. Yeah. It's awkwardly... Subscribe and
1: follow to my Instagram.
3: Yeah, they say that. Like, it's awkwardly Basically. relevant, but at the same time, it makes me sad.
2: There's also the Cult of the Vault radio, which is kind of like InfoWars. <laughs> uh, you come across the radio stations, and they're, like, making up a bunch of stuff about, like, how evil the the vault thieves are and how you're like killing innocent people and all this stuff.
3: They really try and push the rhetoric and recruit like everybody from across the system and when I say system that kind of foreshadows you don't stay on Pandora for very long. I've already been to two different planets. The environments are so diversely different from anything that I've seen in any of the Borderlands games and they feel amazing but at the same time they are huge. This game is huge. So big. You know how you're like, oh, oh, yeah. in the first game you're like, oh, I've got this zone to explore. And it feels like a pretty big map. All mm-hmm. right, Alex, now take that map and multiply it by three. Okay. And that's the first planet you go to.
1: Now, do you feel like there's reasons to explore those, like, different areas and, like, explore who and do are, it? Who yes. are you asking? They,
3: you know I'm going to explore those areas.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, is there stuff there air, can that's worth finding? finding? Yes.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: They... They... So, you guys haven't played the second one, but they start to add that element in the second game, and in this one, there's all sorts of Easter eggs and little, uh, they call them crew challenges to find.
3: Yeah. In the second one, you can do different tasks to gain badass ranks. Joel, mm-hmm. you're alive. What now? Okay. <laughs> Just checking in. So, you can do badass, badass like, ranks. Is that, badass real? Ranks Is that actually the, what they call it? In the second game, yeah. Yep. <laughs> in, the second in game. this one you do crew challenges to gain uh iridium which you can use to spend on different resources like guns or iridium is like a fictional mineral that they invent in the second hmm. game but it's also very closely tied to the vault which is really weird that well I guess in the first one you'd okay so yeah anyway Uh, it's, it's this mineral that you can use to purchase different things. Uh, and you, if you complete the crew challenges, they just throw it at you, especially this week. One of the really nice things about what they've done so far with the game is that each of the weeks so far, they've been, you know, giving you different things to do. Uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was like boss week, like rare hunt week. And now this is Iridium week and it, yeah. So... Yeah, they're adding
2: that live element. A couple weeks ago, it was like for a week, bosses had a higher drop rate for legendaries, and then they have like rare enemies that's kind of like uh you don't get those in the first game, but you get them in the second game where it's like kind of joke enemies that sometimes spawn in a particular place, and so they set it so that they always spawn and had a higher drop rate, and now this week everything drops
3: more. Iridium. So, onto that uh the. The part with the goofy like bonus enemies, you guys remember playing, uh, what the Battleborn with me? I did vaguely. Okay, so there was a character called L Dragon in it. Yeah, uh, one of the rare spawns that I found in Borderlands Three was L Dragon Junior.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I killed that guy like ten yeah, times. Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, uh, uh, you guys are kind of getting into the weeds here. I'm kind of trying to keep it a little bit more generalized so we understand a little bit what, what has changed throughout the Borderlands oh, yeah, series. Sure. Now, um, Joel, you've played Borderlands with me for a while now. You've gotten new guns, different types of guns. You've equipped them, put them in different slots, right? Yes. Now, they have continuously progressed the guns where it's become the focal point of the series as that's their advertising point every time. The last game, I think, was over a million guns, and now they've said over a billion guns. But the thing is, though, is that you think, how can that be? Mm-hmm. It's not stat points. They have started to legitimately shift what you do with guns. So you have a gun, and when you reload one gun, you just throw it, and it becomes a grenade, and then it reappears in your hand. <laughs> or a turret. Or one that you you the gun you put the gun down, and it runs at the enemies.
2: Yep. That, that's clever. There's a gun that shoots guns. I got it, and I shot Eric with it a bunch of times. It was extremely satisfying. I have so many guns now, I don't even know what to do with them. You just bust it out, and it's just like, and like 10 guns go flying out. Some guy on the internet was mad about that. He's like, oh, this gun sucks. I was like, dude, you just totally missed the point. It's amazing. I
1: saw a gun that, it's a slippery gun, so it does really good headshots, but every third time you reload it, you drop it, and you have to grab it and re-equip it. Really? Yes. It so, sounds awesome. So,
2: yeah. for Alex and Joel, the number of guns that they advertise is kind of inconsequential, because it's not really that. But, what they start to progress throughout the series is that different manufacturers have little specialties, and guns have unpredictable functions. So, like, a shotgun that basically shoots, like, big mortars of sludge, or a machine gun that shoots missiles instead of bullets. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so there's basically a lot of different roles. Uh, they, they've they broken down the little variables of each gun, and you can get different kinds of guns with all these weird roles. And in this one, they have multifunction guns. So So you could have a pistol that's like a normal pistol, but you could switch it and it shoots like rockets yeah. briefly. It's actually really fun. Uh, I mean, it's like a signature thing for them. I think they did a good job with it. One thing that I want to talk about the guns is... The last time I was on the podcast with you guys... I remember just kind of asking the question... Like, I wonder where they get the ideas for the sounds of all their guns. Like, do these people know guns well? We were talking about Titanfall. And Gearbox released a (sighs) mini-documentary... About how normally they just get guns, fr- like gun sounds, from a sound library that's pretty common for like doing Foley and sound effects uh, for movies or games. But in this case, the guy was like, We're trying to make such a thing out of the guns. He got like a hundred volunteers and did field recordings of actual gun sounds. And that really stands out in this game. The sound design on this edition of Borderlands, I feel like it stands above most other games that I've played in general in terms of sound design. It's really unique sounding. The sounds are really crisp. They, I just can really tell that they put a lot of time and thought into the sound design for this particular installment. Usually I listen to my own yeah. music, but so for the past couple of days,
3: I listened to the in-game music. They also did a great job with the soundtrack. I actually told you that. Yeah, because you were mm-hmm. like, nah, man, I'm listening to my music. I was like, nah, no, I think they did a really good job with the the music in this one and the sound design. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm that's, glad that's that nice you... That's that nice that to that.
0: hear because a lot of games do kind of treat sound as an afterthought when it really can kind of elevate a game. In a lot of ways. And, uh,
2: yeah, I, I, I want to say it makes this game feel very crisp, very fresh.
1: It, like, just really enhances the sense of playing. So, so I just, yeah, I wanted to give you that set of ideas, Joel, that these characters, or they, the guns uh, that progress throughout the game. The other part is the characters that we are playing and the characters you run into and, and interact with. If you aren't killing them, they will generally come back at some point in the story. Mm-hmm. The, 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 fir- the main characters that we're playing in Borderlands 1 are main characters in 2, but they're like NPCs. Um, uh, same then thing this th- time. Th- and those characters from Borderlands, Tales in the Borderlands end up in Borderlands 3, and uh, a lot of these people carry over as like they're all friends or they know each other or they mm. need you as an NPC. So you end up doing a lot where that universe is really interconnected.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say one of the drawbacks of this game is... In the narrative, it's really for people who are Borderlands fans. I don't think, you know, I can't say from first-hand experience, but I don't think it just gets as much traction with people who are new to the series entirely. There are kind of some, some throwaway characters, I think, in this one. There are also some characters that should have been featured more prominently, I think. Uh, there are a couple of really good ones. Wainwright Jacobs and uh, a character named Sir Hammerlock who comes from mm. the second game. Those two guys play a, a big role in, in a part of this narrative and they were great. Um, but I do think just the characters and the way the story's laid out really is, is kind of like a nod to loyal Borderlands fans, but not so much an invitation to new ones. And the humor in this one, you kind of notice a big difference. It's very, it, like, it's a lot cheesier, and it's very much. They went from being like self-referential and kind of a, uh, unique or a knowing way to being self-referential and self-effacing in a way that only. It's like the opposite of the first one. It's all very punchliney. And I think it's very much like, if you hadn't played Borderlands before, you'd just be like, man, these jokes are really stupid, or <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Eric, I think another big difference with this installment is the like gameplay, the playability, and the graphics. Well, what do you think well, about
3: that? You know me, I'm playing it as the highest graphical ability as I can, so... So on PC, <laughs> what'd <laughs> no, you think? No, I'm 4K on my PlayStation Pro. <laughs> That's... Not the highest, but it's still fun for me. Honestly, I love everything that I've seen so far. There's just... I can't even believe... I, I saw it through all of the commercials and some of the documentaries that they were going to go through different environments, but it's just been so much more fun to, you know, be off of Pandora, not to see all the sand and grit and have to fight the same monsters again. I My favorite monster is the... What the hell is it? The Jabber? Yeah, monkeys? they're like uh orangutans yeah, monkeys that are just throwing things. shit at you. Like sometimes and or pick shooting up barrels and they throw stuff at you. Like throw the barrel yeah. and you're like what the hell is this? Uh the cockroaches that eat each other. That's that's a good thing. Uh of course you have got your psychos, but I feel like they're kind of is still a little bit overly prominent. Uh but you need them as the antagonists in this game, so.
1: Yeah, they're the staple like a clap-trap. They do a good job of
3: Yeah,
2: they do a good job of having some staples, but adding some variety, both in the enemies and in the environments. I think it looks pretty good, and they really upped the ante with the play style. Uh, It plays very smoothly. It's a little bit faster. You know, they've added everything that you would expect from a contemporary Mm -hmm. shooter with jumping and mantling and sliding. sliding. Yeah, I I knew you wanted to talk
1: about your sliding. Sliding. Uh, Now... I love the Not slide. to be a negative Nancy here, but how did you guys deal the the one of the biggest complaints I've heard was about the menu load.
2: That is true. The menus do load slowly, and there's a lot of extra little cosmetics that it's sometimes can be confusing to figure out how to actually apply uh. them or a little bit overwhelming. At some point when you've got like so many guns, it's like I don't want to put a skin on this. <laughs> yeah, you I heard somebody to.
1: say that they were they were not they were avoiding leveling up their character and putting points in there until they had like three points just because they didn't want to go into that menu anymore. Why? I think
3: that's, that's laziness. It's the that's same a bit menu of an exaggeration. Before. It's okay, I guess I could understand like you want to make sure that it makes a bigger impact because sometimes the percentage of gain that you get out of investing skill points is lower at first but yeah, that's well, it's more also like, like it
1: takes, I, I saw someone do a time and it took them five seconds for them to hit the menu button for it to fully pop in and load all, all the options. He doesn't
3: have five seconds it, to live in his life? For fuck's sake. It does have <laughs> menu lag. I think it, it
2: might be a little bit exaggerated hmm. and or depending on what platform you're playing on. If your PC is slow, it's going to take longer. Hmm. We're
3: playing on console. Okay. Okay, so it didn't bother you guys that much. I don't feel. I think the biggest thing that no, still bothers me it didn't really bother is I me can't try and get into the menu screen when I'm jumping through the air. But I know that that's not a thing. Yeah. So. That's a that that's program yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just have two more things that I wanted to briefly touch on before we because Do this is shaping up to be one of the longer episodes. Of course, it's actually going to be the yeah, longest thank you, episode Steve. ever. <laughs> I thought your promise at the beginning was the shortest episode ever.
1: You know, he was full of it. Uh,
3: that passed an yeah, hour thanks. ago. So uh, the first thing You're I welcome. wanted to talk about smooches, Eric, <laughs> was Ice-T's character. I will boot us to the next segment, Steve. No, no, no. <laughs> Shut up. Ice-T's character, Bailix, <laughs> uh, Yeah. I just can't get enough. I just finally got to, I beat the part where you finally acquire him and you uh you get to take him along with you but just he's trapped in a weird teddy yeah bear. but his just his dialogue is so hilarious he's he's known as being a navigator ai and then <laughs> every chance he gets he's like yeah man you want to go down this corridor like no nah, man i there i go navigating again dude i fucking yeah, love ice it's it's real good i love that character so far uh, and then the one thing i want to gripe about is the uh yeah, Give us your gripe. It's all of the guns. Give us that hot take. All of the guns. It's too many guns. Steve, I can't talk. How did you, to you.
2: feel when I showered you with the Can treasure gun? Can you tell me
3: the name of your shower your gun shower gun? Uh it's called like the iridian fabricator. It's, he doesn't even know for sure.
2: That's <laughs> the thing that I you get it as part of okay, the narrative. But
3: that's one of the things that I really don't like about the game is that there's so many guns that you don't really have the ability to talk about knowing the name of the gun. Okay. So, Steve and I we go back and forth, and we're like, "Oh man, I got this gun," and then we describe it in like fifteen words, yeah. but I don't know what where he got it, how he's using it because most of the stuff you pick up and you use is just random it's, are you saying that destiny has yeah like you Order either Lance like or it you don't like it It kind of has because in destiny, I can be like, "Hey, Steve, I got what the monarch and Steve that-
1: what was that one that had the the, the cluster rockets that everyone loved? The Dowerhorn? Uh, Gallahorn. We
3: just called it Wacky No, Gallahorn. That was in the first game. Oh. Yeah. No, Wrong the, game. That was Destiny. No, it's the Gallerhorn in the first game. I thought yeah.
0: they introduced that to the second oh. one, too.
3: Yeah, it's the Wardcliffe foil, uh, Coil. Oh, they renamed it? A.K.A. Wacky No, it's, it's a different gun. But that one, they have never reintroduced the Gallerhorn to this point.
1: Okay.
2: That being said, Eric... We haven't reached the end game, really, when you start to get a lot of legendaries, and I think that part of the Borderlands series is like you get recognizable legendaries You're not keep those, that have me. varied roles.
3: Dude, you should see the pistols I got, Steve. If it's not a Jacobs, then I don't care. <laughs> it is a Jacobs. Oh, then I care. It is a Jacobs. All right.
2: Yeah, that, I knew that's, you would. That's my gripe. But yes, I I agree. Yeah, it's like the variety in the guns can either be something that you like or can make it feel kind of ho-hum and inconsequential. I mean, part of the game is like they just shower you with treasure and you have to just like sell a lot of it. Okay, so are you guys ready for my Borderlands 3 recap of popular games that I really like that they ripped off and I'm happy about it? Sure,
1: hit me. that will be less of it. Here we go.
2: Diablo 3. It very much has that Diablo three loot when you feel. kill a boss. They definitely, yeah, yes. There's just like items drop everywhere, and basically items that are white and green basically have no purpose in the game. You just pick them up and sell them, much like in your your Blizzard RPG type games. Uh, I told Eric while we were multiplaying, if it's not blue, it's poo. <laughs>
1: I like that, No, I like that, nothing. I like that, I like
2: that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it it has that. You know in Diablo when like a legendary drops and you see a star on the map? They just lifted that right out of that game and put it into Borderlands. My character, the, the gun sounds, the gun action, the mech, the fighting style, very reminiscent of Titanfall 2. I think that they took some notes from what that game was doing in terms of both the sound And also the play action, the mantling and the sliding. They could have taken those physics just like right out of Apex Legends. I really enjoy that aspect of it. I think those are two games that it really draws. And then they've added some matchmaking elements, i.e. Destiny. So you can matchmake into the, the arena area where you just kill hordes and hordes of enemies. They also added uh, matchmaking for, again, a nod to Diablo, sort of like rifts, challenge rifts that you go through to get treasure at the end. And they also added mayhem mode, kind of like the torment levels, uh, where you can increase the difficulty, everything's harder, but you get more experience and you get more treasure. So they kept the spirit of taking other games that are good and ripping them off. And making it their own. They just have a really special knack for in that. In business, we
0: call that best practices. Exactly.
2: Transparency, integrity. Uh, what are the other core values Magic in medieval um, times? Ma- <laughs> Nothing
1: I know about. Let's take one more break. And when we get back, listener emails, and one last thing. And we're back. Back with listener emails, which is very surprising to me. But it's, uh, if this keeps going, we'll make it a thing. Where can I people find it. us, Alex? They can find us at superggradio at gmail.com. I got that one dialed in.
2: <laughs> you did. Superggradio at gmail.com. There we go.
1: Now, uh, we have a listener email from Alex of Gaming Fix Podcast. Fix F-Y-X Podcast. Good guys over there. And they're a fun listen. So I would definitely recommend anybody want to give them a listen. Go for it because they have some decent content. Of course, better than ours. So, greetings, fam. The apocalypse is here. You are a survivor. You have one choice to make. Which video game character will be your companion? Will you choose a dog, a la I Am Legend, a human who can take care of you, an archer who can snipe the crap out of some apocalyptic nerds, or Yoshi for, God for, for some godforsaken reason?
2: The choice is yours. I feel like that last one was directed at Joel. Somebody's heard
1: my voice a few times, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I kind of want to say that uh, I would go with D-Dog from Diamond Dogs. That's not a bad choice. He's got a knife, he can knife people, likes to bark and likes belly scratches. He's the one that identifies where everybody's on the map too, right? Yep, he identifies enemies on the map. And uh, runner-up Tails from Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic, Sonic Adventure, Sonic and Tails, Sonic 2 hmm why, why tails he can, he can fly make he can knows how to work on a plane and fly a plane he can't die yeah that's pretty good that's that's and a those, good
0: yeah that's a good perk <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: what about you joel what you got uh not to be too on brand but uh, uh cuckoos from uh, zelda i would want a cuckoo why you know what a cuckoo is right
1: basically yeah. like a chicken yep. yeah
0: so in uh you know joel you can get a chicken in yeah but the life. in the legend of Zelda: ocarina of time if you go into town and start beating up on a cuckoo it howls out and then calls forth a mighty tornado of cuckoos that just tear you to shreds so i kind of imagine ultra i kind of imagine like dangling one of them from a stick in front of enemies and then having them like take a whack at the cuckoo until it gets pissed off enough to uh, rain down uh, feathery hellfire on him. Can the cuckoo also play the ocarina
2: of time? One can only hope, Steve. Well, they don't have lips, so I don't think that's a likely scenario.
1: <laughs> we can teach him.
2: We can definitely teach him.
1: I can teach anyone anything. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Steve? What you got for this one?
2: Man, I was thinking about it, and it's not really like a specific character, but just basically like any any character from Skyrim with a healing kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. Just because. In all those fantasy games, there's always a spell that cures diseases, mm-hmm. and I have ulcerative colitis, and so, like, first thing, I would just have them cure, like, hit me with removed disease and cure my otherwise incurable disease. That's pretty solid. Y- you're thinking about this too logically. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man.
0: I really sure, want that right. cure. I hear ya. <laughs> Shit's expensive.
3: <laughs> it's expensive. You gotta have
2: all those gems and yeah. things.
3: What about you, Eric? Uh, I was going to say Arthas, so that he could just kill me and bring me back as a zombie. <laughs> That's
1: pretty good.
3: That's pretty good, too. Can I? Could I take
2: one of those uh, snake guns from no. Stick
1: Fight? <laughs> That'd be pretty good, though. Eric,
2: I'm going to shoot you I with a snake so. shotgun. Dude, just end snake shotgun. I like the snake sniper, right?
1: <laughs> That
0: Arthas answer seems it's like you're just shortcutting your untimely death instead of like <laughs> trying to find a solution.
2: <laughs> nope. I mean, if he becomes undead, you're good to go, unless you run into exactly, a healer. and then they'll just like wants up. to be healed, healed in real life.
3: I just want to be a zombie. Yeah, I guess you're like, kind of already a zombie. Seriously, with this, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this job. <laughs> with how long this podcast is going, <laughs> nine to there five, dude, it's
2: torture. <laughs> Gotta go to work tomorrow. It's been an hour and twenty-seven. Minutes. At least and now we're on.
1: To one last thing. Yes, we're not editing. Joel's not edit this one. Fuck you guys. One last thing. Where we have one <laughs> last send off, one last sentence to start our weekend, and one last sentence to close out this podcast, start you on your week. For me, I have played one hour of Last of Us so far. I have just gotten Division 2. Anthem is in the mail. I haven't started three houses. I got an hour into Link's Awakening, and Joel just let me know that King of Fighters 94 was three bucks on the eShop. These upcoming weeks are going to be a rough one. Sounds
3: like a you problem.
1: Oh, also, you have two
3: games to play for next week, so. (laughs)
1: And I got double daggers for a dollar. Joel, what you got? I'm
0: just going to say that you need to start with three houses so we can wrap up that conversation. Seriously? Snap,
2: snap, did on it. And or uh, maybe you guys should play Detroit. Fair. (laughs) Did you hear my list? (laughs) Yeah, add Detroit. Dude, I've been waiting for Detroit for a
0: long (laughs) time. To be fair, I think that one is waiting more on me. That's 100% on you. Steve doesn't have Uh, a lot of time.
1: Yeah, he's got ulcerative colitis. Also true. (laughs) (laughs) It It
2: really actually eats into my time quite a bit. Getty, what do you got for the end of this week?
3: I just want to say I didn't get a chance to heckle Kit Harrington this last weekend, but I do want to thank the people at NPR for letting us use those press passes to, you know, get to see some of the more interesting panels and meet some celebrities. It
1: was nice. Yep. Me and Getty did some work for Front Row Entertainment Network. That is an entertainment arm of NPR Illinois that will be posted within the next couple days. How does it feel to be legit, guys? Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Real terrible. I'm real, I'm real, I, I, wrote that, I wrote the whole write up and then I look, well, I sent it to you and I sent it to like four other people and I was like, so it's not absolute trash, right? Well, it's that nice. seems like a real threat.
0: It's nice that they don't listen to us then so after you respond with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's edit that uh, <laughs> Nope, keep it Steve. in. Steve. Steve, what you got for one last thing? My last thing,
2: I'm kind of in Alex's place. I haven't, I haven't started Last of Us. Doom. Uh, I played a little bit of Doom. Finally, I'm going strong on Diablo 3 for the Switch, getting those armor sets. Boy, you haven't even
1: played Stardew.
2: And I have not played Stardew, which I've been meaning to do. I still haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition. I still haven't finished Mass Effect Andromeda. And I got a, Borderlands 3 has a lot of content. I've got a long way to go. But what I'm looking forward to most is playing some Borderlands 2 with Eric, Alex, and Joel of Super GG Radio.
0: Huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> huh? You guys picked the most time-saintiest of games
3: possible.
0: And then just pile them on I each love other like a snake its own tail. I'm piling them on you. <laughs>
2: think about those games way did you guys see my list go to sleep so (laughs) (laughs) never Eric you gotta stay up for six more hours and play Stardew Valley I don't (laughs) have Stardew Valley they have multiplayer (laughs) now
3: I'll
1: buy it for you and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio fuck you (laughs) (laughs) before we go you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and Twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio where multiplayer Mondays two day Tuesdays and Metal Gear Fridays it was a lot of fun did I say this would be the shortest episode? I meant the most hate filled. <laughs> uh, shout out to Backstage Gaming for having me, Alex, guest on the episode regarding unreliable narrators. It was a ton of fun. Also, thanks to our man, Brock, at Damage Boost for having Joel on talking brawlers. Good times as always. Look at you guys. I'm so proud of you. Hey, we appreciate Backstage Gaming and Damage Boost podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Extra Life, November 16th, going midnight to midnight all night long baby oh, oh for yeah. The kids. yeah get on for the kids.
2: that steve for the kids. i'm gonna chop wood and
1: right now <laughs> do it <laughs> i'm gonna if you'd like to reach us with questions yeah. or input our email address is super at gmail.com and provide a review on itunes or the usb thumbstick left at middleville times of your choice
2: yeah listeners out there give us a follow on spotify Give us a review on iTunes. And please, please email Alex and Joel. Whatever, just the wackiest, craziest, most time consuming questions and you nudes. have for them. Don't and do that. Wait, doesn't matter what you send,
1: we'll read it. I'm getting us out of here now. gg <laughs> Joel. Don't send nudes. gg Getty. <laughs> good game. And good game, Steve. Good game, guys. Good night, everybody.